everybody to the Clear Tai Chi Mastermind meeting on February 12th is when we're filming this, Friday, uh, 2021. And welcome. And I'm Richard Clear, your resident host. And uh, this is Matt Holker, who is the regional organizer for Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. Hello, everybody. Welcome. And then we've got Philip Chan in Columbus, Georgia. Hello, everyone. And we've got Harry Legg in Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City. Greetings. Hello, hello, hello. And we've got Art Don in, is it Gaithersburg? It's, it's Greenbelt. Greenbelt, Green. Maryland. It's about uh, 13 miles east of Washington, D.C. Oh. And we've got um, Chris Walsh in Maine, and he can tell you what parts. Hello, everyone. I'm in Hollowell, Maine, just outside of Augusta. And we've got Jim Kelly in Boca Raton, Florida, and he's got a couple other places down there he teaches as well. Uh, Boca Raton made famous by the Jerry Seinfeld episodes, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome. And Greg, uh, Greg Nolmeyer in uh, Michigan. Ann Arbor, yeah, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Michigan. Good to see you. Good to see you. And what else? Sheila Bell in Costa Rica, and she can tell you what part. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm giving classes in Liberia, in Playa del Coco, and in Playa Panama. Good to be here. The, uh, okay. Is that everybody? Did I forget anybody? Okay. So, uh, first, a word from our sponsor. And today, what I'm going to be promoting to you with, and we're going to be talking about this a bit is fixing the double-weighted error, one of the most important things in Tai Chi for, from beginner to advanced, and one of the biggest errors that people in Tai Chi make, and I've seen people all the way up to advanced level making very noticeable errors when you really understand what the double-weighted error is, and that it is not what people commonly think it is, which is standing on one leg, that doesn't mean you are or are not making the double-weighted error. It's other aspects of things. We'll be talking about it some in, in our presentation today. Um, anyways, that is available at clearmartialarts.com. Yep, go to the go to clearmartialarts.com and go to the store page. Um, and there is a course there called Fixing the Double-Weighted Error that really hones in on this, um, really explains what the double-weighted error actually is, how to identify it, how to feel it when you're making it, how to... to avoid making it what the correct kind of state is and how to feel that and how to really stay in correct structure and relaxation both at the same time, um, you know, like Tai Chi is supposed to be. Yep. And that course is available at Clear Martial Arts. We also have Ty Talbert with us in Colton, California. Hello, everyone. Pick them off. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, Welcome, Ty. And his nice dog. for being late, but I was in a battle with the VA. Uh-oh. Well, I hope, hopefully one you're winning. I haven't won yet. <laughs> okay. All right. So today's topic is chin style, body mechanics, and alignments. And first, let me say that I like all styles of Tai Chi. If it really is Tai Chi, and, it, and it's really adhering to, when you look at the classic principles and what Tai Chi is supposed to be and how Tai Chi is supposed to be, 
the styles and the nuances and the different kinds of expressions and all of that are as different as different people are different and as different foods are different. And I like them all. It's not, I'm not um, particularly picky about it. And what I look for, for clear Tai Chi specifically, most of the time is what they have all have in common. And if it's not something that they all have in common, why is that one, that style or that method doing something that is different? And is that difference just the nuance or is there some real benefit there to be had? And each one of the styles has things that they offer that the other ones, they may have it in their style somewhere, but they either don't do it as much or they really, it kind of gets pushed to the side. And so I do like that individuality, but there's a lot that I like between the styles same um, and that kind of thing. There are things about each of the styles that I don't particularly care for that each one of them does, but it's small little nitpicky things that's easily, if you're really serious about it in the bigger picture, like I am, um, that it's easy to be like, well, you know, uh, if I'm eating a cherry, I don't like the pit, but I'll still eat the cherry and throw the pit in the trash. That's fine. Um, I'm not quite throwing the other nuanced thing in the trash if I'm going to call it that style, but clear Tai Chi, it's like, we wouldn't really want to do that because of this or that. But it's not a thing where it's like, we don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. It's more of a, oh, well, we do this. Okay. Um, so in their proper form and expression, practice correctly, I really do like the vast majority of Tai Chi and the styles. I'm not, um, I'm not one of these guys. It's all those guys, blah, 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 those guys, you know, that, and I really don't even like really hearing that stuff. So let me say that right up front. Recently on Facebook and, and commonly on Facebook and the internet and social media, we had a, uh, we had an argument with some Chen stylists. They were upset with an explanation of Tai Chi body mechanics and alignment that I had given, and they thought that I was disparaging Chen style. Now, they had to reach, I think, to, to say that because um, the point of my presentation, which I'll give you the basic gist of it here shortly, is that each of the styles is after this thing, the way they go about getting there for, from a simple beginner standpoint, not once you've been doing it for a while and more advanced, it's very, very simple. And it's because if they're teaching 50 people, they don't have the time to go in and spend five minutes with each person making super intense corrections because if you had an hour, hour and a half and it's 50 people, well, five minutes a person is, you're not gonna even get to everybody by a long shot. And so um, a lot of those more intricate corrections are either done through a presentation where that is the only presentation that we're getting into this thing and we'll point it out on somebody's and then have you and your partners work it out to correct on yourselves or put it out on a video, however, whether that be online or DVD, and now you go home and or with a partner you work on it. Um, and or live where it's just a private instruction coaching kind of thing and you're one-on-one -on -one with the person and you're making the corrections. Um, but in the beginning, especially if you've got a bigger group, um, you're looking for that, what's the fastest, easiest way to communicate this. And that if I've got, a, if I'm teaching people who are gonna be teaching people, the way that they can kind of across the board approach this thing and, and have a reasonable degree of success. And so each of the styles has different ways that they do things with that in mind for actually teaching and communicating the arts. Um, and for me, I like the way that each of them do it. I find value in it. And I'm not particularly picky about how somebody gets the, the mechanic or the principle going on as long as they actually get it going on and then it can be expanded from there. 
if they don't have the principle and there's errors and problems going on, then that's 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 what I'm trying, at least from our standpoint with Clear Tai Chi, that's what I'm really trying to deal with to have not have them. Because if you're not doing the Tai Chi right, it doesn't matter what style it is. And by that, I mean, if your body mechanics are out of whack, uh, you know, then you're not going to get much benefit out of it. In fact, you could actually get harm out of it. And so then it doesn't matter what the style is anymore. It's that's that mechanic is bad enough. The problem is that a lot of people in the styles, like a Chen style to a Wu style, the one where they're leaning over a bit, they would look at each other and go, that's terribly wrong. And it's not terribly wrong. The way that Wu style does it is really works really well when you understand. And Chen style also works really well when you understand. The problem is they either don't understand or they don't want to understand. And for me, when he's yeah, what the other one is doing. And so there's the argument. For me, I want to understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, how they're doing it. Is it correct in terms of what they're trying? To, are they getting the benefit they're trying to get or convey? And if they are, that's 100% in my book. If they're not, then it's not that the style is wrong. I find the styles to be fairly, each of them to be very correct about a lot of things like that or almost everything. But the practitioner then has errors, and it's how do you help that practitioner, especially if they're going to adhere to the style, get that going on correctly so that they have the good health and not having physical issues or problems or um, other body, body or mind or spirit, physical body, mind, or spirit issues or problems because of an incorrect practice. I'm trying to be simple about this. All right. So they thought I had disparaged their Chen style, and I was not at all. I was, I was pointing out this is the basic, simple, fast, upfront way that Chen style does these things, right? And if I was talking about Wu, I guarantee you there are Wu people out there would have thought that I was really disparaging Wu style. Same thing. Not at all. Um, anyways, I have a basic way that I explain how the three different Tai Chi styles, Yang, Chen, and Wu, approach connecting the upper and lower body for beginners. Connecting your, having your upper and lower body connected as one piece that you can move with and yet still have whole body power and whole body connection is one of the more important aspects of Tai Chi and really ideally any martial art. Uh, but on the internal aspect, there's a lot of people doing what they think of as internal or what they want to be internal and those uh, that upper and lower body connection is off. And it's one of the most common errors in Tai Chi is that that connection is not happening. And all the styles address that in a way so that they can teach a large crowd in a very short period of time. If everyone's doing what they're saying, they will be doing it correctly, even though they may not understand what they're doing yet because it's meant for mass consumption in a certain kind of way. They will make tweaks and individual instruction and a lot more when they have the individual time with the person and or as they continue and the person starts to gain some knowledge and some skill in the art. But they have to start somewhere and, and or put stuff in the early training. And so there's a way that that's done. This is an oversimplified explanation. It's simple, it's basic, and not basic like it's the foundational basic. It's basic in the sense of, hey, I can show you this in a minute. And ideally you're doing it or you're very close to being able to do it as opposed to the hour of personal instruction might take to get somebody and then the, keep cracking the, if you're the teacher or the coach, keep cracking the whip, do that, do that, do that, you know, sink, 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 relax, 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 500 million times. 
But in the meantime, if I've told them, hey, stand like this, do this thing, and they're not doing that, I'm like, you're not doing the thing. And then they know, oh yeah, this dial does this, even if they don't understand it, at least they're much more likely to be in the right kind of positioning, in this case, to get that upper and lower body connection. All right. So I do want to make sure I've given you guys time to weigh in on any aspects of this and for what we're talking about. Um, at the same time, I've got some very specific information I want to convey today. So I want to make sure I kind of check both those boxes really well. So at any point, one of you has something like, I'd like to add something here, or there's a thought occurring to me, or what about this? Please, by all means, <laughs> you know, get my attention so that we can um, do that. I'm, I'm really wanting the feedback and the interaction as well. Excuse me, I just would like to say real quickly that I, th I think it's, it's very beneficial you're doing this and, and saying how the different um, styles connect the upper and lower body because and a lot of people who have had you know some experience with Tai Chi and maybe different styles in schools see things a little bit differently and a good explanation of you know what they are doing and how they are all good just just different is beneficial. Um, I just want to. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I will also say that it's an, as, as a teacher, it's enormously beneficial to have that understanding because I have different kinds of students get in front of me. And so some of them have a lot more kind of physicality and leg strength coming in the door and they kind of want to work that, but they want to do the Tai Chi. And so I can get them doing more kind of Chen oriented stuff and more of that kind of more of that kind of thing and they're doing things correctly and it's not and it doesn't feel wrong for them um it feels good and it's what they wanted but whereas there's other people who come in that are more senior and they're more they're not trying to like pump their bodies up so much they're more about a, a kind of a recuperative thing and i can use more of a woo style approach with them and it's very natural for them but they're also doing things correctly and both of them are going to end up syncing up and get the benefit out of that. And just having that understanding and having that versatility um, is, is just really invaluable. And, uh, and it's not, it shouldn't be taken, it really should not be taken that there's one version that's better or other, there's their tools and they're, they're each good for what they're good for. And they're good for different circumstances and different students gravitate towards different methods. And it's just good to have kind of that bigger picture understanding of what's going on and why and what you're really after in the long run, which I know you're about to get into. So. Well, I get students who come, I've, I've got a number of people who study Chen style, that they are Chen stylists who study for me. And of course, if I get somebody that's new that comes to me and they're Chen stylists, they're like, okay, well, you're not doing Chen style. Can you really teach me anything? And I'm like, I'm not going to try to teach you Chen style uh, in terms of its frame and its basic work and that kind of a thing. Now, if you've got errors in the way that it's supposed to be done, I can point those out readily and help you make those corrections. I mean, right now too. The, uh, and then the bigger art of Tai Chi, there's more in common there than there is different. Even though the people in that are really serious style adherents would want you to think that they're all super different all the way through, they're not. Um, and so it's really easy for me to talk about things like alignment and song, and that's at one level. And then to get into like double weighted error stuff, to get into the different kinds of Jing expressions because they all use them. Um, and that's GNC, but some of them prefer some Jings over the others. Like Chen style really prefers GNC Jing, your silk reeling. 
Um, with uh, Blue Style, there's a tendency, they really kind of like electric jing. They wouldn't call it that necessarily, but that's going on in a major way that's noticeable in that system. Wu uh, Qingchuan, Wu Style, because there's two different Wu's. Um, anyways, and then for Yang Style, there's quite a bit of Sung um, as an emphasis a, a bit more and then a lot more in terms of rooting or in terms of, I'm trying to think what's another good, um, anyways, some other jing that they do as a, sort of their first jings, depending on who, who is teaching and what they're into and that kind of thing. Um, they all do pung, but they each do it with their own kind of a flavor on it, depending on what else they're doing. Um, but it's not correct if the, for any of them, it's not correct if there's no pung there um and that kind of thing so they all have it it's just what they do to get it so if i'm teaching on pung pung jing as opposed to pung li um that kind of a thing um they're all gonna have that and so if you've got somebody at a level in chen style which i like i say i've got a number of chen style students i'm able to teach them stuff about those jings and how they're expressed and used and and processed through the body and how you have to think about it of e-skill, if you're, we're actually at e-level um, where they're using the mind, they're all using it and they're all using it. And when I say the same way, it's mind skill. And so the drills, the exercises, the things you're gonna do with it, they're gonna be much closer to the same stuff. And anybody doing any of those is gonna gain a lot from them. In fact, it's a chi level as well, same thing. Everything above Lee, so the Lee part is a, good, is a fair bit different, even though they still have to get the same hookups, the same mechanics, the same um, body alignments in terms of what you want connected up and how you want it connected up. But everything from Chi level on, and that's that's all discussed in the road, Tai Chi roadmap, um, that stuff is going to be pretty much the same for everybody. You're putting it in a different vehicle, but it's like I put an engine in a, in a, in a truck I put an engine in a Jeep. I put an engine in the little, uh, the Honda Civic. They all still have an engine and a transmission and, and other odd and things that are mechanical parts that they need to run. And the gasoline that I'm putting in them or the rocket fuel is still gonna have certain kinds of responses. They're still gonna need air with the combust with that fuel. They're still gonna need spark plugs to get fire for that fuel. You know, there, there's a lot of things that are in common there even though my vehicle itself is different. So the vehicles are different, but what's going on inside of them, the internal part, which is the 99% of what the Tai Chi really is, is about those internal parts and then expressing them outward or, or in the physical world. Um, that part is the, the deeper education is, is it's the same stuff. Um, and so um, anyways, so that no matter what style they're coming from, uh, depending on where they're at in their Tai Chi journey, I'm able to pick them up and take them further along because there's there's a bunch of training there uh, that is appropriate to everybody, no matter what the style is, unless they're not doing Tai Chi, then maybe not. But if it's Tai Chi, actually Tai Chi, then it, then it is and will be. All right. So here in a nutshell is the lesson to connect the upper and lower body from this, the way the styles approach it. Uh, Yang style tends to have either a forward slant, which means that, that the body looks like a straight line from the back of the head to the back of the foot. And it's a bit of a lean and there's two different two different Yang style schools, if you will. There's actually more than that, but I'll say it that way. I'll take my wallet out of my pocket. 
so you can see, and it's a it's on a slant like a uh, like like a mild roof slant, but where it's a straight line. Like if you took your hand like the way that somebody's doing for landing an airplane or or doing a what do they call it in football where they're dropping their hands and going or baseball maybe is it safe? Yeah, like this like the umpire going safe, but but down towards so that your hands end up just below your hips. And that line that you're that arc that your arms in, anyways, the, the body is in that in that line. And so that's young style typically. The other one is you'll get young style where it is very much more up and down and they tuck the butt underneath and then that's the instruction is tuck your butt and the same thing that the chen guys were complaining about is that if you said well tuck your butt really underneath and tight like that that's really inappropriate right it's not how tai chi's done but yet a lot of times the beginning instruction in yang style is that way because it's better than not doing anything because at least when you relax and you get the other things going on that are supposed to be going on with that it'll be correct and telling you to tuck your butt was the short fast way to at least get, hey, there is something there that's supposed to be going on that's in that neighborhood of, of how your posture should be. Anyway, so it's tuck the butt under like that. Um, and so that's typically yang styles. Wu tends to take the posture where they're up and down and then they literally from the waist itself, like as, like as if the waist was a hinge, although you want it connected, not hinge they lean forward and bend over like they're bending over to pick up a box off the floor. And then that, and when everybody else sees it in the other Tai Chi's, if they haven't seen that before, they kind of freak out and go, what is wrong with those people? That's as wrong as wrong gets, right? They're bent over. Um, and so, and what they've got what they call the square form and then they've got the round form. These are in the beginning. Uh, for beginners for the first year or so of instruction. And the one emphasizes this quite a bit more than the other does. But really it's the same form, but one is done as a square structure and the other one is done rounded. And it's the square form is an easier way to quickly teach a large group of people. And then you graduate it so that it's round and what's supposed to be going on like that. And the same thing with this bend over is that you see the more advanced practitioners, they're a lot more upright than where you see the beginners at. And there is that roundness in the back because literally when you lean forward, when you unhinge the lower back and let it drop, it tucks, but you're letting gravity do it, which is also how Young style wants to do it, is that relaxing, releasing to get the, to get the tuck under and off the slant instead of straight up and down. Are there any questions about any of that? And I'm sorry if I've oversimplified it or I sound like I'm describing something, you're going, that's terribly wrong. Again, I'm telling you what somebody would tell commonly, and I've seen this again and again and again and again and again. So if somebody wants to argue that nobody teaches like that, I guarantee you we can prove that wrong right now. Um, now, if they're saying that's really not correct, I would agree with you. Yeah, the basic way that they're kind of doing it's not really correct. It's taking you in the direction of correct, and then with either personal instruction or more advanced instruction, they're going to make it correct, but they had to start somewhere, and they tend to start with what I'm telling you. Okay, anyways, any thoughts, comments, questions? All right, Chen style does it by getting very low and by keeping your head and shoulders over your butt and hips in order because you could bend, you could do a squat and then most people, they, they do it, go to do a squat and what they end up doing isn't a squat, they end up doing what I call a bend over. You know, I'm squatting. No, you're bending over while you're dropping down. So you're sort of squatting while you're bending over. 
And so there's no bend over, it's keep your head above your feet and keep your shoulders above your hips and drop. Now what happens is if you get down there at thighs parallel and do that, for most people, either they can't get down there without bending over or they get locked in place. And that is that, that locking up, especially if your legs are close enough and normally in chin style, they're wide, which we'll get to, the, uh, then you're in, the, you're in the extreme double weighted error. You can't even pick a foot up off the ground. And so that would be incorrect, like the chin guys were complaining about, for sure. At the same time, there's a training stage in chin where that training stage is, and usually it's done at the, like for the teachers that I've learned chin from, and I've learned chin three times. I've been where I was learning a chin form all the way through and with chin teachers. And they were not, there were no beginners in the room. And by, by no beginners, I mean, there were beginners at Chen style or more or less, but not beginners at Tai Chi. And so they didn't mess around with, you don't have any strength or anything for this yet. They jumped right into, this is the first training stage and what you should be looking like. And it was get to thighs parallel. All right. And then it was do that without bending over. Because again, it's not a bend over, which also disconnects, especially if your butt's sticking out and you're bent over, then you've disconnected the upper and lower body. And what happens is if you really sink down and keep your head over top and feel your backside, your butt, if you're going to keep that alignment from the head down, it's very hard to have it go out. I mean, it's like you could force it, but then you end up in this position that is like terrible. If you think about picking up luggage and holding that luggage with your legs when you're picking it up, then you have to keep this alignment from head to toe, from the top of your head down through your feet in order to have your legs hold the weight. And so it's like that as you drop, your butt actually comes in underneath you and now you connect upper and lower body. And it's a training stage like that to connect the upper and lower body. Now, by the way, my, my teacher, uh, and I've had over 50 teachers total, but I've had a good half dozen teachers that I've spent more than 10 years with each. Yes, I do tend to study from one, more than one person at a time. My longest teacher is Uncle Bill, and I've been with him since 1994, 93, 94, 93. So coming up here on 30 years. And he loves the low deep stances, loves them, loves them, loves them. His normal instruction is lower. And it's like, I'm already down on the floor, lower. You know, and like that. So if somebody thought I was saying the thing about deep stances, because I don't like deep stances, no, that would be wrong. Um, I better love long, low, low, deep, low stances because my teacher loves them and expects to see me being able to do them. The, uh, I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone else who's been in the room with us also training, because it's like, if you haven't, if you haven't had the experience of not being able to walk the next day because you got low, then you didn't train with my teacher. Okay. So um, anyway, so they do this where they get really low and deep and it is a training stage in Chen where ideally it would graduate from that. Um, but that's, an, that's, there's more to that, which we'll get into. But first, another word from our sponsor. And that has to do with what the double weighted air. And I've already given you one example of where your feet get fixed to the floor and that fixed to the floor and you can't pick up a foot because is, it, is an example of the double weighted air in, in action. And we have this, by the way, on uh, digital products. We also have it on DVD. Um, and it is available at clearmartialarts.com. 
uh, www.clearmartialarts.com. And the uh, I'll let Matt tell you any more that, about that that I didn't just say that you need to know. Yeah, just go to clearmartialarts.com and go to the store page and you'll find um, lots of material there. But specifically, this program is called Fixing the Double-Weighted Error. And he, uh, Super Clear, just gave one example of what the double-weighted error is and what one of the problems with it is, is that you can get stuck and, and you're unable to move without kind of adjusting first. Um, and that can be a real, real problem. Uh, if, it, if it's you're talking about for self-defense, it's also unhealthy for you. It is a form of holding on to tension. Another version of the double-weighted error is um, if you have gaps or, uh, or disconnects in your structure. And this disconnect between upper and lower is another kind of version of yeah. the double-weighted error with a different sort of cause, but with the ultimately the same problem that comes out of it. And so to really identify what that is and how to fix it, um, you get, you could, you, know, you can, you can sign up for fixing the double weighted error. It's an online course. If you prefer the DVD, you can find it, um, from that page. Uh, and, and for anything else that we talk about, normally you're going to be able to find that on clearmartialarts.com as well. Like we've talked about, um, the Tai Chi roadmap, which is a free lecture, uh, that, that Sifu Clear gave on literally the stages of Tai Chi from rank beginner all the way up to senior master. You can find that on clearmartialarts.com as well. Um, yeah. One of the most common, I find that the double weighted error is one of the most common and least understood things in Tai Chi and most important things in Tai Chi. Um, now, it's, it, is it, it's not as important if you understand it and you're not making it. But unfortunately, what I've seen is that somewhere in the neighborhood of 95% of the practitioners out there practicing Tai Chi worldwide are making the double weighted error. I mean, like most people and where you can, where, when you really know what it is, you can eyeball it from a distance and see it. And the, uh, and so what happens is if you went by the classics and you do exactly what they say, exactly the way that they say them, you shouldn't be making that error. Uh, but most people, when they read the classics, they don't even know half of what they're reading. You know, it's, it's like, it's saying stuff here that doesn't make any sense. They don't know what it is. And for good reason, a lot of times the translations are either poor or the language is cryptic or the language is old, old uh, references that don't really apply so much in today that we don't know what that is in today's world, all sorts of things. Um, and so with Chen, they said, well, you're saying we make the double weighted error all the time. No, if you're doing the things that are being trained there correctly, you're not making the double weighted error. The problem is most people are because they don't understand and so then that education has to be put in there in order for that method to be done as it is taught to be done and the double weighted error not to be happening. And so if you want to know more about that and, and how to fix it, uh, the double weighted error, it would work for any style you've got. It's, it's going to go into it in a way that's going to make sense to you. That's available at clearmartialarts.com. So the Chen stylist in that argument said that my explanation of Chen is not correct and that it was a disparagement of them. I readily concede that my explanation of how Chen is typically learned and practiced is not the correct way to really learn Chen. It's a basic way, like I've said, for them to be able to teach a bunch of people really fast and to go, well, here's the thing. The other reason, um, and so I've got here, my explanation is in, intentionally oversimplified because the other thing is an hour long by itself or more. And it is how a teacher can teach the principle of upper and lower body connection to beginners 
when the teacher's not going to put in the time and work to really teach students how to do it and, and constantly closely check to make sure that the students are doing it or that the student is doing it, right? Because then that becomes, you're really having to spend a lot of time with one student. You got a bigger class, you can't really quite do that. It was not intended to, to disparage Chen Chai Chi in any way. All right, so most Chen stylists today learn this low and wide method. You can commonly see the extra low and wide stances expression of Chen style at tournaments and demonstrations. The, uh, normally, if you see a Chen stylist standing up higher, it's because they either lack the leg strength to do, it, it is be, not because, not either, sorry. It's because they lack the leg strength to do what they were taught. In other words, the guy that one of the main guys that was complaining and carrying on there was like, we don't all stand super low like that. And I'm like, yeah, well, it makes sense. If you had somebody you're teaching in a nursing home, you're not going to teach them to stand at thighs parallel. That's ridiculous. They're not going to be able to do it. So I get that. You would stand up taller. So cool. Chin style. And in fact, if you see like what they call the four type, some of the senior chin stylists, the guys from Chen Village that are the ones that are the ones that are really promoting Chen style and out there propagating the art and all of that, most commonly you see them and they're not down there at thighs parallel. Now I've seen them, most of them, some of them do it at thighs parallel. They at least at one point in their life absolutely trained it like that. Um, but they are standing up taller and all that kind of thing. So what I saw with it, I went and looked up the video on the guys that were complaining and literally they were standing up taller could tell instantly they didn't have the leg strength to do the low version which i thought was interesting since they were not elderly and were not um damaged from what i could tell in some way to stop them it was just they never built the leg strength so you're a chen stylist without leg strength i can tell you that's that's an odd situation at best if they're, if they're really going to be a long-term Chen stylist, really doing Chen style and not an elderly person just doing some Tai Chi for health, then I'm like, why don't you have leg strength? That style builds leg strength like they're, like like most things don't. So something's off there. And then to make it worse, they were making double-weighted error so bad that um, it, it was beyond noticeable. It, it, was, it was hard to look at. Well, and not to put not to put too fine a point on it, but they wanted to say that uh, it was the argument wasn't that Chen doesn't go down low. It was that Chen doesn't go down low to fix that error in the back. It does it to build leg strength, but none of them had. I it. don't know that I even heard him say that. Yeah, but, that was but, but, but okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go ahead. So yeah, I, I can't really comment on Chen, but uh, what what you're saying about the training stages, I think, is really important to emphasize. Is that in my experience, I've seen where people get trapped inside these stages or they skip the stage and they don't get that benefit because right. you, you, need to, you need to do that training in order to go to the next level and be able to do that next level. So in, in some of my training in the past, one of the methodologies uh, was to push the student to total muscle fatigue. And that concept for pushing them to total muscle fatigue was to teach them not to use their muscle to hold themselves in the correct stances. But I also found that there were a lot of the instructors, instructors in the system that didn't understand that concept and they only understood to push you to total muscle fatigue and they never did the follow-up that came with it. So a lot of students never got the value of that training. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, well, it's another one in, in Tai Chi. Another one that's like that that comes up a lot is the um, you never change your height. That you always your <laughs> always stays. Which is a training height. method, training. not a, not how it's actually done all the time. Yeah, right. Um, similar thing. And so most of the, like I said, most Chen stylists today they learn this low and wide method. Pull up on YouTube and put up Chen style for tournaments and people who won first place in national international tournaments. The most common thing you'll see is extra low and wide stances and expressions. Uh, just Google Chen style Tai Chi and any basic description like down the first page of Google is going to include like the, the hallmark is low wide stances. It just it says that it, every everybody knows it. It's not it's not that nobody, you know, yep. this is not secret knowledge. Anyway, <laughs> so with that, the guys that were having the problem there, they were correct. That in itself, in a nutshell, was not all of Chen Tai Chi. That was a training stage of Chen Tai Chi. If you're going to be a, a martial artist of doing the Tai Chi, you should be able to do that, at least in, unless there's an injury or an old enough age, whatever, to where you can't anymore. And so it begs the question, what is the discrepancy? Why is the discrepancy? What is correct? And why aren't more people doing it correctly if, if being up taller and all that's good? And, and it is, um, and I will, I will explain it, but I'm gonna have to start it off with a history lesson. So again, um, one of the things that really creeps in there is that, that double weighted error. We've got the video fixing the double weighted error and it is available at www.clearmartialarts.com. So in 1948, when the communists came to power in mainland China, martial arts and martial arts, martial artists came under, under attack and the communists tried to replace all the old martial arts with new physical culture. They did not want people being able to fight. At the same time, they understood that there was a history and a culture in China, a, a big one of being able to do these different martial arts. And so they wanted to enhance and, and, and encourage the physical culture and the performance aspect and all of that. And they wanted to take the fighting ability and all that and obviously keep that either suppressed or gone to a certain degree. And they demanded that the old masters help them do this. And they threatened them um, at gunpoint is what I've been told. And they threatened them and their families if they didn't cooperate and help the government to do this. And so they made them make compulsory forms, what they call them, and compulsory. Why are they called compulsory? Because they were compulsed to make them and to do it <laughs> yeah. as part of physical culture, right? And, I, and I, that may not be where the term comes from, but anyways. Most of the Tai Chi masters made intentional, here's the other thing. They went to the senior people that they knew about, and those are the ones that they had to do this. And so those Tai Chi masters, most of them made intentionally incorrect forms as a form of protest and also to protect their family arts so that they looked like they were in compliance with the government demands while actually knowing that they did not give away their family secrets and livelihood to the totalitarian empire. Chen style made wushu versions and wushu is what the physical performance arts would be called, or called there, even though wushu means like war, war um, arts, that kind of thing, uh, physical arts. Anyways, Chen style made wushu versions of their forms that intentionally changed some things, including, you got it, making sure that the extra low positions and wide stances became the public performance standard. And it did, everyone did it. The low and wide stances 
are a training stage of the old chin, but they're not how the art is always performed. I've said that here a couple of times. Also in the government wushu version, there are some terrible leg positions and movements that have been included and put in there that are extremely incorrect body mechanics and that are extremely destructive to your knees. They, they will, if you keep doing that for any length of time, your knees will get tore up and, and be extremely arthritic and no more, you're not doing that anymore. So young people are doing that, older people are not, cannot, will not. And every senior master that I've worked with for every style of Tai Chi, looking at the Wushu versions have pointed out, I had a lady in China that, uh, that Wu Bao Di that studied with Ma Yuliang, the senior Wu style guy. She also studied with um, uh, one of the young inheritors. Uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's the guy that everybody know, would know this guy's name. He's, um, he, was one of the, he was one of the young style inheritors. And he wrote a book and, and he was the guy after Yang Chen Fu died that everybody would go to in Shanghai for, for Yang style. Like if you wanted the top, top of the food chain, he was it. And she studied with him. And the reason she ended up, normally you'd only study from one of these masters. The two masters actually had, one of them had her as a student. The other one had Wen Mei Yu as a student. And somewhere over the years, they literally exchanged students um, intentionally. And then both ladies got both arts. The uh, anyways, and I'm standing there with Wu Bao Di, and she uh, she couldn't speak any English. I don't speak a lick of Chinese. You know, I speak enough Chinese for martial terms and that kind of thing, but I can't hold the conversation. And we're both looking at a kid doing wushu. And he's doing Chen style wushu, and he goes down to the position, and she points at her leg, and goes like that. And I went, "Yep." We were both, she was telling me, there's no way you want to do that. That's going to destroy your legs. And it was like, absolutely. And you didn't have to speak to communicate that. The, uh, anyways. So. Well, there's a, there's another uh, little tidbit to that history lesson that I'll share another little wrinkle for the Tai Chi community, because this happened in a lot of Kung Fu forms, but uh, particularly with Tai Chi, it was the Beijing Olympic Committee that was uh, notoriously responsible for compelling the families to produce these forms because they really wanted, they saw the popularity of Taekwondo and they really wanted a Chinese cultural Olympic event. But 108 moves is way too long for an Olympic event, especially when you're doing it slow. Um, so this would have happened after 1948? This was one of the reasons why they were putting all that together. In 48? Um, in 48, the, uh, the... So there wasn't, so Taekwondo wasn't in the States yet. So they saw the popularity of it in Korea, or uh, so. May, so maybe that's why there was a sense of urgency later. Was the in the sixties? In the sixties. In the nineteen sixties. Yeah. Yeah. But the um. Yeah. So for, so maybe yeah. So forty eight might have been early for the Taekwondo thing, but it was the Beijing Olympic Committee that was trying to put together an Olympic event that was like. Oh, they were yeah no no they they really highlighted the wushu and got some people doing some fantastic in terms of speed in terms of the acrobatics and all that and yeah that happened in the late nineteen sixties early nineteen seventies okay. And it was when Taekwondo was starting to really take off like that. And they saw it. Yep. They wanted Tai Chi to be another one of those events. And the, uh, and the masters um, who put these forms together um, didn't want to turn it into that. It's not, it, wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be that for them. And it was about fighting art. And so they kept the secrets for themselves. And they put these wrinkles in there that are really not good for you athletically. <laughs> Physically, yeah. Physically, yeah. And now, a word from our sponsor. The internal power that comes at the higher levels of Tai Chi can seem mysterious, 
But that is mostly because Tai Chi students don't see the big picture yet. They don't even understand what the higher levels of the art are, much less have a plan to get there. Even though the senior masters mostly agree on what the steps are, they mostly don't talk about it. On the TaiChiRoadmap.com, I outline all of the steps of Tai Chi development. Everything is explained so you know what to do, when to do it, and why. This is the complete roadmap to Tai Chi mastery with an explanation of all the steps from rank beginner to senior master. Again, that is a free course that you can access online. Go to TaiChiRoadmap.com to sign up. That's TaiChiRoadmap.com. All right. To do old Chen or any Tai Chi, old style Chen or any Tai Chi properly, the proper width of your legs, the distance your legs are apart, is coordinated with your stance height with how tall you're standing or how low you're standing so that there is an appropriate mechanic externally and connection in the tendons and so that no double weighted error is happening internally or externally. And what that means is, is that if I'm standing all the way up, I don't want my, like if I'm standing up tall, normal, like for what people just standing there, I don't want my feet further than my shoulder width. Um, I actually, if you can pick one foot up off the floor and pick the other foot off the floor and like march around and walk and you can just do that, then that distance that your feet do that comfortably at, that's the distance for that. For every increment that you sink, you can go ever so slightly wider and still do that. If you try to move your foot out, so if you sink an inch or two and then put your feet out three to six, like six inches further apart, try to pick up your feet now and you'll find that you've got this hindrance in your body and yet you can move your hips and do everything, but your feet don't want to pick up like that. That is the beginning of the double weighted error. And if you sink a little more, I'm sorry, don't sink a little more, stand up a little more, but have that go out with your feet wide and realize you can't pick up your foot without literally shifting from one side to the other. Now you're making a version of the double weighted error. There, there are half a dozen different versions easily. The, uh, you're making one of them. And so you've got to sink enough so that you can pick up a foot and sit down a foot automatically from where you're at again. And that's what you're going to have to do to have the right amount of proportion. So with a lot of chin styles, you do super wide stance and yet they're standing up kind of high and they have to like wave in or use the Jan Jing in order to go in and kind of loop so that they can move. Well, the problem is you had to move before you moved. That is the double weighted error. That's why they're having to move before they can move, make an adjustment before they can move. And that is, that is an error. You don't want it. Tai Chi does not work like that. No Tai Chi works like that. It is the double weighted error in action. So it is the double weighted error if you have to shift or internally change in order to move. And that's, again, that's one aspect. And so I'm kind of telling you that here. The two largest error in Tai Chi by skilled players, practitioners, is not having upper and lower body properly connected. So the butt's sticking out and there's this, this, this shelf or this disconnect somehow from upper to lower. And of course the other one is not having, uh, or it's the, I'm sorry, the double weighted error. To quote one of the Chen guys from the Facebook argument, he said, the stance and alignment of Ming Men, Bafi, heels, hip to shoulders, et cetera, are the criteria for developing Pengjing path and Song. 
And so when he said this, I went, I got to see this if he's really doing this right. Because if he is, that's cool because you don't see it very often. And it's usually a very high level guy to be doing that. Um, and so that would be lovely if he's that high level. Um, the dude only lives about three hours from me. If he's that high level, I'll go see him and, and, and you know, exchange and or learn from him. And or I'm sure I've got things he would want as well. Right. And so if he's that high level, I got to I got to see this. So I went online. And I watched video of him doing form and pushing hands. And the nicest way I can put it is, it was awful. It was really over the top terrible. He was not following the principles that he listed. His upper and lower were not connected. And he was double weighted like multiple ways. Uh, second, the principles he listed are mostly correct, but intentionally kind of vague. I'm not sure if he was vague because he thought he was hiding something or he's vague because he knows what they're supposed to be as a list, but doesn't really understand them. Anyway, so again, a quick word from our sponsor, fixing the double weighted error, DVD or digital product. He could use this video. <laughs> Anyways, and then and I'm being facetious about it, but basically it's, it's a really good video to understand the error. Most people don't even understand what the error is, how it's made. And then how can you fix what you don't even understand? So fixing the double weighted error and I'm really laying out what kinds of things constitute the error and then showing you a number of very simple but direct ways to address it and fix it and what that's gonna look like and involve um, so that you can really get it very fast. And then once you really understand it, the it's a funny because people first, they go from not knowing what it is at all and making the error to um, they, they realize what the errors are, what kinds of things, and then they start fixing them. And then they see the errors like for a little bit, like in everything and they fix all of that. And then they get, and then it changes your Tai Chi in your own body. And it changes your eyes when you're looking at other people at other, at other people. And you can see when they're making the error and how they're making the error and where they're making the error and why they're making the error. And if you're doing like a push hands thing, it makes it really, really super easy to capitalize right on what they're on the mistakes and the errors that they're making. And it changes the game, not a little bit either, a lot. And so that is available at clear www.clearmartialarts.com. Anything else to add there, Matt, for that? Go to the store page and check uh, for fixing the double weighted error. There are there are a number of ways there. It's it's one basic error, but there's a number of different things that can cause you to be in that error. And there's a number of different ways that you kind of make that error. And so this video really clarifies what all those things are, what like what the correct thing is, because there's not even language in the culture for what is correct. There's only language for the error. And so we well, if I said you had a structural error, there might be 20 different reasons why you're having that structural error. And so it's pointing those things out. And so in the in the double weighted error, it's not just structure. It can. There's half a dozen different reasons, things that constitute any of those things will be the error. And they're and they are different enough from each other to be that you really could be talking about them in a very different context, never using the words double weighted error. And and yeah. Yeah, and so it, it really expounds on what each of those kinds of aspects of the error are and uh, and what it takes to correct them. And so it really literally is fixing the double-weighted error. And like Chris said, it is a game changer. We've had senior students who have been in Tai Chi for years who got that education and that material and put it into practice and said it was like somebody turned the lights on 
like everything prior to that was uh, just stumbling around in the dark. And it really makes that yeah. kind of a difference. It, it absolutely makes that kind of a difference to understand what that air is and to fix it as opposed to carrying it. It is not a little bit. Yep. Okay. So clearmarshwords.com. Yay. Here's a breakdown of some of these alignment principles actually for how they're supposed to be. And I'm talking about for chin style. Reasonably, this is true with all of them as well, uh, all the styles. Um, although, like I say, for, for Wu style, there's that tendency to be sort of bent over a little bit, for lack of a better way to say it. Uh, I hate saying it like that because it's not exactly accurate, but it's the simplest way to say what they're doing. Um, anyways, for Chen style here, for its Ba Hui, which is the center top point of your head, over your Hui end, that's the spot between the anus and the genitals on the body, and that there's ideally a straight line through you down through that point. And then the, from your center there, if you drew a line from the center of your hips across through Hui in like that, ideally that is directly positioned over top of the bubbling well in the body so that you have a truly straight line from head to toe. That's That one can be a little bit more difficult for people to do, although it's an important one to get. Another one, and this one's a little simpler, it's a little easier to physically see quickly, is put your shoulders over your hips or and your hips under your shoulders. Because a lot of people get to move it and next thing you know, their butt's sticking out and it's like, well, your shoulders are completely forward of your hips. That's great for old age walking with a cane maybe, ideally, not really, but, but it's not how you want your Tai Chi to look. Ideally, that's extremely straight up and not leaning back Either it's straight up and down with the shoulders directly over the um, hips, directly over the feet. The Ming Men, and the Ming Men is the center small of your back. Think about it like most people are familiar with lower dantian or have heard that term. Think about it as a spot on your back that's a pressure point about the size of a silver dollar, old time silver dollar but that you want to think about it in terms of as much interaction and size and everything as lower dantian, which means it can actually be closer to the size of a plate, you know, like a dinner plate, small dinner plate, but dinner plate, and with some more volume there than that too. So it's not like it's flat. It's, it's like, uh, it's, it's got some, it covers some area. Anyways, so the Ming Men directly over your heels and slightly inside of your heels, not outside of them. If it's outside of them, that means your butt's sticking out. And so it really is directly over the inside of your heels so that when you move from your feet, you find that your upper and lower body are connected and that you can get power from your foot, all at, like the one dude said there, where it's the, the path for Peng Jing, the Peng Jing path, that, that path is correctly held within your body. Note, neither of these two things will be correct, or three things actually, will be correct if your butt sticks out. There are quite a few reasons that people's butt stick out. One of them is they're standing too low, they actually are trying to get low, and they're out of alignment. And so then they end up with their butt sticking out because they can't, don't have the leg strength to hold them up. Lack of leg strength, that's another reason. An injured or deformed back. And by deformed, I mean like scoliosis of different kinds and this sort of thing where they've got physical issues, errors, problems, um, or deformed, you know, something that's not ideally shaped in the best way that a human body would be shaped. 
Uh, another reason for it is that they just simply don't really understand or know the principles of the art. Another reason is a lack of discipline in their practice of the art. Another one is they've not been taught properly. You know, the person taught them and they said, Here, this, hey, here's what's supposed to go on. And they never got really that close up, really corrected instruction. Um, and then last but not least is they have not been supervised, corrected in their training pro, pro practice. It can be really difficult to eye your own butt, right? To see it in your own backside to see, is it correct? And if you can't see it, you might think it's right. It might feel right, because especially if you've been doing it for longer than two to three weeks, your body, your mind accepts whatever you've done that long the same way every time as that's the way that it's supposed to be. Your mind actually thinks that typically that that is right. And when you go to correct it, your body will, most people, when we, when we take students and we're correcting them on that, we put them in the right position, give them a few minutes and you'll see their body go right back to where they started from because that habit has been formed. That is what feels correct. They'll think they're doing what you said and yet their body has gone back out of alignment. Yeah, a few minutes is not, I mean, that's that's way over the top. A few seconds normally, it's it's uh, it's really easy for people to, to shift back into a comfortable position for them and not even realize it. So what I found is that 10 folks who don't understand and properly use these physical alignment principles are not able to actually do most Chen style self-defense applications. So either they don't understand it or they're not doing it. It doesn't matter which one. If they're not doing it, they're not able to really use Chen style and when I say self-defense applications, I really mean they can't, they, they can do, they understand, they've been taught this is done this way and this is done that way. They understand what's supposed to happen and they may even be able to do something, especially if it's like poke them in the eye. Well, okay, they can poke somebody in the eye. So they understand some self-defense applications. What they can't, don't have, aren't able to do is to actually fight using the style in the way that it was meant to be used, the fighting method of the art. They don't have, they don't have it and or can't do it. And even if they're trying to do it, if they understand what's supposed to happen, they don't have the correct body mechanics, which makes that method of fighting nearly impossible. Like it's really, really like they could be trying to do it, but it, but against somebody who's using proper principles, it's going to be night and day, the difference in skill right, right now. And it's going to be the difference in that they have that, the physical ability of it, the physical power of it, the internal power out of it, and their ability to actually move that way and use it. And so um, if they, even if they know what's supposed to happen, either can't do it or can't use the art for real, if this is the, if this is the issue. And it means they, that the, and, and they might know how to some applications, they might know some other kind of a fighting method. They just can't fight with Tai Chi and probably don't know how, because if they were taught that somewhere along the way, especially somebody coaching would have been like, you're gonna have to have, do these physical principles right, or this isn't gonna work for you. And I wouldn't recommend it. All right, um, and so and so. The, uh, hopefully, what I'm communicating to you here is that so you really want to make sure you get it right. There are ways that you can get it right, and even if you're a teacher who's been teaching, who's been in Tai Chi for a number of years, and you don't have a teacher that you're under right now, um, if you get with somebody like any of our instructors that are on the call here, um, anybody else that you can tell by physically looking at them that it's really correct, and have them look at you. And be willing to take their correction if you if you can if you trust them as a source of information, and you'll be able to get it right, and it won't take long. What'll take the longest is building the new habit to do it correctly. But it's worth the time and effort.
because it'll, it'll affect your health long-term, it's Tai Chi after all, and you'll be able to use the art as opposed to this wrong thing that's that's gonna just literally doing it where that where this upper and lower body aren't connected and both the postural errors, the structural errors, and the alignment issues that come out of that and that your body will grow to what how you hold it, it's gonna cause you problems. I, I really can't stress that enough. Um, and I want better for people than that. That's part of a big part of the reason why I'm in Tai Chi and Tai Chi Twin the way that I am. I want people to get the benefit. I hope you don't ever have to use it for self-defense, but if you do, I want you to have that part going on too. All right. Um, so the word from our sponsor, um, so I'll, I'll jump in there, uh, because the, the, we, you know, we just talked about being able to fight with Tai Chi and where the Tai Chi fighting method is concerned. It's the same as Tai Chi as an art. And then there's these different kinds of systems or styles that, that can, then can kind of get you to the bigger picture of Tai Chi. And they have different emphases and different ways of doing that and different processes for getting you to the art of Tai Chi, but they're all Tai Chi. Well, Tai Chi fighting is the same way. There's different Tai Chi fighting methods and different strategies for using the principles of Tai Chi in a fight. And they're all correct as long as they're correct. Um, and there's different, there's different strategies and different versions of the Tai Chi fighting method. And one of the most impressive ones to me, one of the ones that really kind of looks the slickest when you see it working, that is a very clearly a Tai Chi fighting method that anybody looking at it and it would, would recognize is like, yeah, they're using Tai Chi principles to fight, not sort of kind of, that's a Tai Chi fighter. And it works really, really well, even for people who don't have a lot of experience with Tai Chi as a self-defense art yet. Maybe you've been doing Tai Chi for a while, maybe you have some principles, but really don't have a fighting method for it yet, haven't been kind of exposed to that side of it a lot yet. To be able to make it work, the water fighting method right out of the gate is one of the, the best for all of that stuff kind of all at once. And we're gonna be doing a water fighting Tai Chi, Tai Chi water fighting method workshop here in March. Um, and so uh, you can find that on our events page, which is also at clearmartialarts.com. Um, and so if you're interested in the formless fighting, or, or I'm sorry, rather the uh, fixing the double weighted error program, you can find that at clearmartialarts.com on the store page. If you're interested in maybe joining us for uh, to learn more about the fighting method, specifically the water fighting method of Tai Chi, which is very, very powerful, but still relatively easy to pick up for beginners, um, check out the events page and you'll find more about that. But head to Clear Martial Arts. On the, on the water fighting method, I'll be showing ones that are uh, much more, for lack of a better way to say this, flowier and where... Um, if your alignment was like your upper and bo lower body weren't connected, there are issues to there, problems that you would notice the difference between somebody doing it, and not doing, it's going to be like noticeable, but you could still use it that way. And that's on the lower level of it at the, there's some higher level methods there that if those connections aren't proper, you just won't be able to do it. And so we'll actually be making that kind of correction during the workshop because you're going to have to do it correctly in order to be able to do some of the more advanced stuff. Yeah. And so that'll be happening in that workshop. Well, and so we will be spending some time on that in the workshop, but if you want to get a leg up, if you want to join us in the workshop, well, that's, that's not fixing the whole body weighted, the whole double weighted error problem. That's fixing your upper and lower body connection, which then is going to help you to be much more 
Um, correct. The other thing is it's really hard to do any kind of the water fighting method and be in double weighted air. Yeah. And so that'll be addressed some, but it's not like I'm going to be given a half a day on double weighted air. If you want that, get the double weighted air video, um, online there, whatever, and then, um, work on that. And then if you're making an extreme double weighted air in the thing, I'm going to be like, okay, let's fix that. I'm going to give you the simple fix for it on the spot. Not probably even using the term double weighted, just let's fix your alignment right now. So that, so that you can process, do this art correctly for the application you're using and from there. But just think about how amazing it would be if you showed up at the workshop already having worked out all those kinds of errors and could just really focus on how to use it. So so head to clearmartialarts.com and check all that out. I think it's uh, worth mentioning because we never know who's seeing these podcasts for the very first time. We have discussed this in previous podcasts that many, many, many Tai Chi practitioners' ideas of fighting with Tai Chi is knowing the applications to the movements. And here we are talking about fighting methods and people could very well be going, huh, what? So it's worth just mentioning that. Yeah, it is. You're really right. And so if somebody thought that all boxing was was a hook and a jab and a cross, and that's all they did, and then they get in the ring and they get creamed, and they go, why'd you get creamed? Well, because if I if you had to tell ask me on boxing, what is the number one thing if you're in a boxing ring that you had better have going on? Is it that hook or that cross or that um, or that uh, jab? I'd be like, it's you want those, but none of those are the most important one. And like, really? What's the most important thing? And I would be like, footwork. You better be able to move, <laughs> because if not, the other guy is never going to be there when you throw your your jab and your hook and your cross. He's always going to be somewhere else. And when he's off to your, when he's flanked you somehow and he's punching your head in and you don't have any footwork, you're going to get creamed while you're trying to turn around and face him because you didn't have any kind of footwork. And so if you had footwork, I can take a puncher that's a mediocre puncher, but has great footwork and I'll put him against a great puncher with no footwork. And I, my money's on the guy with the footwork the uh, kind of a thing. And it's, and so what's the difference there? Well, the footwork with those hits, that's the fighting method, right? The other thing is I'll say it this way. If I had a guy doing a cross, a hook and a jab on the bag for three hours as training or five or, or an hour, two hours a day for a week before a fight. And I had another guy that got in there and shadow boxed and, or, uh, or really boxed like sparring, but carefully. So he's not messed up for the fight. And he boxed every day for the, an hour or two hours a day before the fight. My money's on the guy that was actually up there boxing as opposed to the guy that was just throwing hits at a bag. Um, there's a big difference between boxing and jabs and hooks and crosses. And the fighting method is the boxing. And the same thing is true in Tai Chi. Being able to apply a move is not the fighting of Tai Chi or the fighting method of Tai Chi. It's, a, it's an application of a technique not the same thing at all you actually have to use the principles in a wide variety of ways to be and understand uh different aspects in order to really be able to fight with the art and so that's in this case and there are different methods for that this is the water version and and there's a lot to it um but also fortunately in that five-day period fairly easy to convey unless somebody's you know got other problems but if they're there awake and and reasonably attentive um fairly easy to convey at least most of it some of the more advanced things will be a little tougher but 
uh, but you'll be able to go home and work on that. And expect that you will be a little bit less awake uh, by the end of it because uh, they, <laughs> it does, it's a lot of information very quickly, but they're great. They're great workshops. Uh, you should definitely think about coming out. Check it out at clearmartialarts.com. So the alignment principles in Sung create the conditions for proper energy movement and expression through the body. A common misconception is that these principles create Pung. They don't. They create the circumstances, like the dude said in the, the, on, the, on the post there, where he was saying it creates the pathway for it, but then you actually have to do it. And if you're holding the physical part, that's Pung Li or like really low level Pung and not extremely useful and typically has a bunch of tension in it that's inappropriate. Then there's Pung Chi, which is you've got the, the energy in there properly. And then there's Pung E, which is really using your mind in the right kinds of ways to do it. And this all involves that it's not like you went to the next level and left out the stuff from the lower level. It's the lower level stuff is still present. So in other words, I still have shapes that are appropriate to Pung. I still have the energy pathway that's appropriate to Pung. I still have my mind in the right kind of thought and the right kind of approach for Pung. And then I focus all of that with my mind intent, direct the energy into the shape, form, or expression so that I have Pung. Now we're talking about Pung Jing. And so, um, and so it creates the conditions so that you can have Pung Jing, <clears throat> but it on its own does not make Pung Jing. They do the positions and the alignment and the relaxation, the song there, they do make a ground path and your body into a proper vessel for energy flow, which is a condition required for pump. But they don't on their own make pump. All right. These physical alignments do not create sung either. They create the ideal Tai Chi body position for sung. And they're one step on the journey to not making the double weighted air. Think of sung as relaxation equally from top to bottom, that if somebody draped a, a uh, uh, like a skirt around you that the center of the skirt would be over your head and that you would not be skewed towards any direction other than being truly in the center. And that if it would be equal in every other direction and everything relaxes or drapes equally and you start to get a better idea of the kind of positioning you need for the song. And then there's other aspects to this. The, uh, it can't, your position cannot be skewed or your body will tense due to its position of improperly folding up. If you start to bend over, parts of your body are getting stretched. And like, let's say I'm bending over forward, my back, there's some stretch in there, back of the legs, um, through that area. And the front of the body is starting to get a bit scrunched. And so it's a stretch tension and then a tension by folding that are both brought into that posture, right? By the way that you're moving. And so... Ideally, you're not doing that, um, and I'm not saying you wouldn't do movements and stuff, but with a great awareness on that so that you maintain that central position a lot uh, and whenever possible. And then you are doing things that are moving around a bit more than that, but there is understanding that has to be there. Otherwise, some goes out the window as you bend to move around, which is very common. Again, one of the, and that is a double-weighted error actually as well when that happens. So that's why I said there are different aspects. The, uh, of course, most of these principles apply the same way to all Tai Chi styles. The, uh, and so I wanted to give you guys, that's what I've got for you today, for me, 
Um, although I'll certainly participate in any discussion and I wanted to open up to you guys and anything else that you think you might want to say to this, add to this, comment on this, ask about this, whatever might be good for you. I, I would just like to add as far as checking alignment um, is I you know, have a, a long mirror set up to where I can stand perpendicular to it and I can check at least my upper body with just a, a glance to the right or the left or at a slight angle to, um, you know, as I say, check my alignment without having to get out of posture too much. And I find I'm, you know, usually having to correct, but um, it, it helps me keep aware of the posture so I can be more correctly aligned more consistently um, without, you know, having to go through a lot of twisting or- I'm, If I'm having to do it on my own, uh, what I want to do is take a video camera from the side or from the best position to show the angle that I'm trying to see and then put the, put the, um, the, and hooking it up to the monitor so that the monitor is in front of where I'm at so that I can look directly at the monitor while I'm doing what I'm doing and correct in real time and see it and then continue to move. And then you're going to go extra slow, at least at first, so that I'm really paying the extra attention to that. Um, the bigger thing is even doing that, it can be a tough mental exercise. You'd think it'd be tough physically, but I mean, let's say your butt's just sticking out a couple inches and you're pulling it underneath, however your alignment's supposed to be. The other thing being, if you're so used to it a certain way, let's say you did it by pulling it in. Well, that may be an adding in attention and you're going, okay, how do I fix this? And so you may not, a lot of people wouldn't have enough information to not a fix. Now, if you're correcting other people all the time and you know that you've got students that they're hundred percent correct, that that alignment is like perfect. And the only reason yours is off is because you can't eyeball it. Then you should be able to do it the way I'm talking about what you're kind of saying and what I'm talking about here. So cool. Thank and there's you. different, thank you for that. Yeah. 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 And there's different stages of it um, because ideally you'd want to be able to feel it. And then the goal is to be able to feel what correct is and then be able to kind of get into correct on your own, but sometimes you come out of it. Like Sifu Clear has said, um, I think he said on this call, but if he didn't, if, if he didn't say it earlier in the podcast, he said before that there are times when he's gone long enough without visually checking where what feels right to him when he checks is like, no, that's a little off. And then he has to put in a little more work, like with the mirrors and, you know, with the, the kind of the video setup, like what he was talking about. Yeah. I, I hadn't said that in this call, but he's right. I've had to do, I've had to do that at times. And it's just because, you know, his teachers, um, how often does anyone check you? Yeah, how often are you really getting checked? Right. <laughs> right. Um, and so I'm in a very fortunate position because it's like every day because he's my teacher and I, you know, I see him all the time. But who's really checking him? Um, and so he, the, you know, the answer is uncle. he has to <laughs> uncle. Yeah. <laughs> but the real answer is he has to. You guys, now they're on the call. Yeah. They're, well, hey, you're hey, checking see where your butt's sticking out. Oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah. That was my <laughs> wallet. Um, anyways. Yeah, yeah, the likely story. Or my fanny pack or whatever. <laughs> That's a more likely story. But uh, but yeah, thank you, Art. Anyway, that was a good point. Yeah. I got. I had to use some kind of excuse. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Um, anybody else? Um, any any experiences with uh, with people who have asked? Uh, like students sometimes ask me. You know, they may have heard about well, like what's Wu style, what's Yang style, what's Chen style. Any any things that you share with your students about that? Have you had any students come in specifically requesting stuff from one of those styles? And like, how have you approached that if, uh, you know, if you've been dealing with that? Just curious. 
I haven't really had, I'm sorry, Sifu. What I heard you say was that if somebody came in asking Gen Style, you don't teach Gen Style. Is that what you're asking? No, no, no. Like, so if somebody comes in, uh, maybe none of you have had this experience. I have had students come in who've heard about Gen Style and Yang Style and Wu Style, and they don't really know the difference, but they know there is a difference and they want to know what the differences are and what the kind of benefits are and what do we do and why do we do it? And they want kind of an understanding of that and an explanation of that in sort of sweet and simple terms on their first day when they're still deciding like, am I gonna do this at all? And um, like, I know I've had to answer those kinds of questions and I have ways that I kind of address it commonly. I'm just curious if anybody here has also dealt with that and or like, I know like Harry and Ty, you're in bigger market kind of areas where there's like a lot of population density and so it seems plausible to me that you maybe had students who had some Chen, uh, yeah, sorry, some Chen training before who can, who come to you for lessons now, or maybe like came from a particular, like like Ty. I know that there's like the Dong family um, is very heavy in that area, and there's a lot of well, that's like, an offshoot of Yang, real good Yang that's out there, and so you may have had some students that come from kind of more of a Yang like tradition that way, but like a real, like kind of proud of their young style sort of thing. Well, and there's a lot of, Wu, he's had a lot of exposure directly to Wu style and himself. Wu stylists out there, uh, yeah. The senior teacher out there. And then there are other Wu stylists in the area. And then for Harry, he gets to see people on a fairly regular basis or used to before COVID. And well, again, that are Chen stylists. Mm -hmm. So and, you guys get some exposure like that, which is really good. And a mix of the, and, and you see how some of them mix with each other. And Ty, I'm sure you've seen some of that too. Um, like how the Wu stylists interact with other Tai Chi players and, and Harry, how the Chen stylists interact with other Tai Chi players. And so like, what are your experiences of all that? And what, do you have any stories? Do you have any insights, any wisdom? And Hart, and Hart gets to see people from all those styles. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, anyway. Yes, I um, do get to see a lot of different styles. And really, I don't even emphasize what's the difference. I'll go ahead and give them a, a one-minute explanation on what is different from one style to the other. But what I find that most of the people who are coming to me with other styles, they only have it from a Lee point of view. That's They have nothing else other than that level. And so what I emphasize about our being different is feel the energy as opposed to just doing yeah. it on a physical that's level. For everybody. Ideally that's true for everybody. Yes. It would be, but yeah, yeah. The, the feeling, the energy and the, in the E, the mind level, and then the, the uh, Jing, the different Jings. And then from there and all those and the principles and stuff, that should be the same. And largely those levels are agreed upon, uh, you know, by the yeah. real like senior masters, but it's one of those things that because there's a lot of agreement in that, in those areas, they just don't talk about it. They tend to talk about the things that they kind of disagree about or that they have a little more emphasis on in this style than that. And the other thing, and they, they talk about their justifications that way and their reasonings that way, and they leave out the bigger picture that they kind of all agree on. And well, so, and there's money to be made if you can make it tribal enough. Well, that's you know, our, our style versus your style. There's there's money and there's headlines in that. There's money in that. But well, unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that I find that they haven't been exposed to any other level other than the physical level. Yeah. Yeah. That's just doing lean. Yep. And so big, a big part of, of hopefully what we're what you know what we're going to do in the longer run as a system and, and what Super Clear has been working on a lot lately has been putting that information out there. Um, so. So Ty, not yep. to cut you off. But That's why know. I've got 10 stylists for students because then they're saying, wait a minute, you're teaching me this. You're making actual physical 
corrections that when they're going to like it's I'm doing it usually I'll tie it to application like what's your application okay put the person in there where they're supposed to be now what I want you to do I did this with a Chen stylist that's in uh Cleveland and it was like okay and it was his wife and they're both trained and they're both serious right and been doing it for years and years and I was like okay I want you, you what's it supposed to do well it's supposed to be a takedown like this okay so put her in the position where that would go and my instruction to her was do not let him throw you like if he's got it then obviously don't fight it to the point where you or he get injured but if he doesn't have you don't go be like i'm not going anywhere and don't do anything else but but be i'm not going anywhere and she did that and he was like it's not working and i said now bring your stance in narrower your stance is too wide and you double weighted and i brought him had him bring it in and I said, you, and I just had him, I said, you inch it in and try it every time until you get to one where she comes over resisting like she is. And she's a, she's a slightly larger lady, the, uh, not huge or anything, but, but, you know, she's not small and the, uh, capable physically. and capable yeah. physically and, and mentally the, uh, anyways. And so I had him coming in until it was like over, she came and it was like, check it again, make sure really resist. She did over again. I was like, that's your posture. And it was. He said, he was look like, at where your feet are. Look yeah, at and he was like, this is weird. I've never had it. Uh, I've never done it this narrowly. And what I'm saying, they've done it for years and years. He's been involved in Chen style for well more than 10 years with good instructors. The, uh, and doing the kind of thing that I'm talking about that is so common in Chen that, that the other people were trying to claim it didn't happen. Anyways, the, uh, and so I said, this is where the posture is. And he was like, I've never seen anybody do Chen style like this. And I said, I'm telling you, if you can't throw her in that wide stance, check it against your other stances and see and put those alignments like we're talking about in place. And the other one looks pretty, but it's not functional because it's got too many errors in it by design of where how you're standing and what you're doing with it. When she's coming over easy like that and you're not putting out half an effort using what you know are the mechanics of the position, that's the right position. And so he was really able to do that and it changed his understanding of the art. But a lot of people, uh, to you know, to Ty's point, there's a lot of people in, in all the systems um, really treated from a very physical Lee level perspective. And a lot of that is just because they don't know what the real training progression is supposed to be and what the steps are supposed to be and when. Well, and, and even, their, even their Lee level, which is the physical, the first level, in this case, it really was his physical stuff that was off. But yeah, um, and that's and that's going to continue to be off uh, as long as you don't have a real clear roadmap of like what the big picture of the art is and what the training steps are and where you're going to where you're trying to go with it, because you're going to end up focusing on the wrong elements. And if you don't have good instruction, you won't be able to know you won't be able to tell whether your instruction is right or not. You, you have no guidepost, no roadmap um, to follow. And so to correct that problem, see if you clear put out the Tai Chi roadmap, the literally the roadmap to Tai Chi mastery, that is all the steps, what they are, not, not exactly how to do them all, because that would be really, really exhaustive. But well, I mean, that's the whole the, art, which is yeah, 30 years of training. Exactly. But the broad brushstrokes of what those steps are and what you should be looking for and how to know when you're doing things right and how to know how to step up to the next level and when it's appropriate and why you want to do that. That whole body of information is in uh, about an hour and a half long lecture, I think, um, that's available on clearmartialarts.com. So again, go check all that out. Cool. <laughs>
Harry, you were going to say something there a little bit ago, and then you got cut off. Sorry about that. What? what? It's all good. I was just going to give my two cents uh, on Matt's question. Uh, uh, I do love where I live because I do get to uh, push hands and, and feel plenty of other uh, stylists, uh, mostly Chan, as you mentioned, but there are some others. And uh, uh, as, as a teacher here, I haven't run into students that already have Tai Chi training of another style that are coming to me. What typically happens is they have another martial arts discipline. They've done Wing Chun or Aikido or whatnot. And, and now they're like, I keep being told I should do Tai Chi. <laughs> and then what's, what's so much fun is to show them how what I can, uh, what we, you know, we can offer them in Tai Chi will also improve their other uh, martial arts disciplines when they apply the principles and the body qualities and the energies and their eyes light up when they feel stuff. I did have one disappointing thing. There is a, a young family um, uh, teaching uh, just down the street from me and uh, they were looking to do some push hands meetups. This is prior to um, COVID. COVID of course. And I, uh, and it wasn't a public thing, but they, but they, I'm on their email list somehow. So I reached out and I was super, super careful to be really friendly and really non-threatening in any way, shape or form. Um, and when I had conversation with the teacher there at first, it was, Oh, great. Yeah. What, so what do you do and how do you play? And when I started talking about, well, you know, I don't, I'm trying to not play very aggressively, trying to use really good ting, feeling root of uh, feeling the person's energy, the interest in talking to me and having me uh, meet them went down the tubes. I'm like, Oh, that kind of sucks. Why did you figure that? Because they didn't, they thought you were wacky or because, you know, like, okay, you're talking about energy stuff or because they, you were talking using principles and they could see that you understood them and they didn't even want the comp. They thought they were going to somehow be able to take you in as a student and that you knew enough to where know if that was going to happen and go the other way around. And they didn't want to lose students to you. What, what do you think the situation was? My gut check on it was, uh, you know, and I could be wrong, but it, not the wacky sort of thing. It was like, oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Sort of like that. And I'm like, what, it, you know, it wasn't that type of response to what I was talking about. Yeah. I get the feeling because I watched some of their online videos that they're doing primarily the drills in their push hands and right. not really any freestyle play. And they haven't gotten to the stuff I was talking about. And, and if I showed up doing that, uh, you know, not trying to show off or be threatening, it might not go so well for them. It's yeah, kind of what I, I was thinking. End of, end of discussion. We're not interested anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just looking forward to meeting some more people and getting more hands on and, uh, you know, didn't work. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Now, were these um, Americans or were they uh, Chinese? They are, they are Americans, but they, but when you go on the website, you can see it cuts to Chinese uh, teachers pretty quickly in the lineage that this lady has. Well, is it because she's really touting the lineage, whether she really had that much time with them or not? Or is it, no, she really is seeing the Chinese teachers a lot? And I have no way of knowing. Yeah, okay. I'm asking that because that stuff, because sometimes there's cultural stuff if you get somebody that's Chinese, especially if they're Chinese born in China and brought up there, there's some little cultural things that can kind of play into an interaction like that. 
if they're Americans, usually it's that they think they've got the, the uh, mountain and they've got like a thimble full. They think they've got mountains and mountains of great stuff. They've got about a thimble full. And as soon as they get met with something where it's like, oh no, you've got a lot more than me, they lose immediate interest because money, unfortunately, money and ego. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate, but it's, it's common. Um, you know, for me and for what we're up to, we're trying to get this information out there in a way. And part of people being able to just purchase it online is that they can stay somewhat incognito. But if the whole level of Tai Chi information and understanding and ability across the board increases, I will be hitting the goal that I'm after um, in terms of doing that. That, that uh, you know, a lot of people, they, they tend to conduct themselves on the financial side like they're going to be around and live forever. And the fact that they're disseminating poor information, not very much information or whatever, it's, it's all about the competition in that business side. And they don't think about the bigger ramification of what are they leaving behind and who are they leaving behind and what, and what are they doing to the art as a whole and all that stuff. And for me, that's, that is my driving thing right there is I want to leave it a lot better than the state that I found it in when I, or that it was in when I first started and um, make it so that there's a lot better Tai Chi and a lot more people doing it. And whatever I'm able to reasonably do that gets to that end, that's what I'm, that's what I'm after. That's what I'm about. Yep. Thank you. And I know most of you guys are too. That's part of the reason oh, yeah. and all that. So. All right. Anybody else? And thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Great talking to you all today. Look forward to more next time and be well and be safe and talk to you soon. Thanks, thank you, Sifu. Right. And now a word from our sponsor. For those of you who are interested in internal power and want a reliable place to start, and for anyone who wants to experience internal power for themselves, go to internalpowerguide.com. I built a crash course in hands-on internal power. The practical guide to internal power is a work at your own pace online program. It is the course I use to get students from zero to 60 as quickly as possible. And it is totally free. So sign up at internalpowerguide.com now and get started right away. That's internalpowerguide.com.